Welcome to episode 60 of Beyond the Blade here on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel and the Grand Stand Sports Network, the best view in sports. I am your co-host, Chad Didemenesis. And I'm your other co-host, Bill Shockey. And Chad, I heard you're getting a tattoo. Yes, yes. I I, uh, I was going to bring it up, so I'm glad you brought it up right away. Um, I, I don't know, man. Like Maybe it's because the hockey team's doing so bad that the football team has my attention and I got to admit, man, I'm, I'm addicted to the process, (laughs) especially after the trade yesterday for Calvin Benjamin, man. I am, I mean, we've kind of talked about this, you know, we've changed a few texts on, I know when are you going to be all in? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think that Calvin Benjamin trade might be the one that pulled me all in before they even got another win, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, for me, if you win tomorrow night, then it's the highest percentage to make the playoffs that you've ever had in the drought. Yep. <clears throat> so maybe tomorrow night does it for me, but I'm still, uh, it's all I've ever known. So <laughs> still a little nervous. <laughs> I feel like you will lose tomorrow night and uh, here we go. Right. Exactly. But, um, I mean, I mean, I'll say to you, I'm not, I'm not comfortable about tomorrow. I mean, I'll put it down. <laughs> yeah. I, I believe in the process. I'm addicted to the process, but. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will say, I think the, the nice thing, uh, about football, what has been the trades? The trades, yes. Yeah, it's been exciting. It's been fun. Yeah, yeah. it's um, Beans made what six, six, seven trades already. Yeah, and they're all big players: Kelvin Benjamin, Marcel Darius, Sammy Watkins, Ron Darby, Jordan Matthews. I mean, if you want it, Reg Raglan. I know. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's been fun. I, I've enjoyed the season so far, and hopefully, good things keep going. But. Is that what the Sabres need now? Is it a process? Do we need to trust the process? <laughs> well, if you saw from uh, Die by the Blade today, I tweeted at the uh, Buffalo Rumblings, the Buffalo Spills Espionation account. I asked them if they, have any, if they had any process laying around for the hockey team. <laughs> now, I will say, um, I think you're starting to see progress finally. I think in the last three games, there's been a little bit they, they've looked like a hockey team for the last three games. I mean, yeah, you still had your flaws. You've had your bad goals. Right. But um, I, think, I think we're starting to see 
you know, it getting better. And I think that starts with Scandella and Ristolainen as a pairing. Yeah, so that's kind of kind of touch on a few things that we're going to get to here. I mean, October wasn't pretty, 3-7-2. and two. Uh, We're going to talk about Scandella and Ristolainen here today. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about October, wrapping up, look towards November. Uh, we're going to talk about everyone's favorite defenseman, Matt Tennyson. And we're gonna, I want to talk about Sam Reinhardt again. We've only talked about the last few times. There's just so something I got off my chest there with Reinhardt that's really trying to eat at me. Um, so I want to touch on that maybe near the end. But uh, in the spirit of Halloween, because okay. that's the type of season it is, uh, we want to give some spooky stats. Now, really quick, speaking in the spirit of the season. So... I don't know, we could talk about hockey, not hockey a little bit here. Maybe a controversial topic. There's there's people who are following both sides of this topic here. Uh, so I had a fellow uh, on Facebook I'm friends with, also part of uh, Grandstand. Uh, Aaron Quinn's his name. He's a great, great guy. He does our uh, graphics for us. Uh, he posted that today officially begins Christmas season. For me, mm. I'm a guy where Christmas season starts the day after Thanksgiving ends. I don't know where you're falling with that, but that's my strict policy. Like, some stations are already playing Christmas music. Like, I'm not about it. Don't put Christmas decorations in my house. Don't talk anything about Christmas until the day after Thanksgiving. I mean, that, that, that's my steadfast, hard rule. I don't know about you, though. So, I don't know if you remember, Chris Rock had a stand-up, I forget how many years ago it has been now, and he says some stuff he's conservative and some stuff he's liberal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I think when it comes to Christmas, I'm pretty openly liberal, um, but it depends on the year. I would say uh, last year we had our tree up probably the first week of November. I was pretty fired up for Christmas. Um, I am a huge Christmas guy. I love the season. I love the music. I love everything about it. But uh, we can go back to – so when we were younger, my parents would take us out of school or not take us out of school, but as soon as we got out that Wednesday before Thanksgiving, right. we would go down to Disney, and we did that about eight years in a row, um, just for that four-day weekend. And it was the coolest thing ever because, like you said, as soon as Thanksgiving was over, you would wake up the next morning, and everything was Christmas. So I I see both sides. Uh, I will never, never back away, though, from anybody trying to get Christmas fired up early uh, i would say the reason we don't have our tree up early this year is late in the starting to crawl so <laughs> so we will probably wait until after thanksgiving to get the tree up this year but uh i'm all in on christmas i mean i'm a fan of christmas too like don't don't let me hit on christmas don't get that kind of vibe for me I, i'm just like i don't know i i feel like thanksgiving can't be overlooked you know like like his reply to me back well do you know any thanksgiving music like all right <laughs> like you, you gotta got me there but I don't know, like, I, I don't know, like, there's, like, there's Thanksgiving, there's football, there's, like, there's food, there's turkey, there's, I don't know, just, like. I think, I think it's a good day, but there's nothing really leading up to it. I even have to work the next day. It's just, well, see, I don't, so, I mean. <laughs> yeah. It depends I, where you work, I guess, if you look at it that way. Yeah, so I don't know. See, like, like in my house, we put up our tree the next day. That, that's how we do it. We put up our Christmas decorations the day after Christmas, the day after Thanksgiving. That, that's just what we do. Yeah, we'll probably do the same this year. But there's a, there's a lady at work yesterday who said it was a weird that she wanted to start listening to Christmas music and everyone was getting on her and I was, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. If I, if I hear Christmas music on before Thanksgiving, I'm turning it off. 
Now, I will say, the day after Thanksgiving, my yeah, phone like, will be on Pandora Christmas music for the next like month. So like that's, I can get behind it. That's that's what I'm. That's that's how I go about it. All right, I just want to get that out. Get your opinion on it because I don't know. I thought I was kind of going a little bit crazy. I was getting too harsh on Christmas, but I don't know. Maybe it's to each their own. How that goes. Anyways, Halloween spirit, spooky stats about the mm-hmm. hockey team. Uh, let's get some uh, <laughs> There's scary numbers out there. <laughs> yeah. So first of I all, sorry, the first spooky stat. Unless you got something you want to start with. Nope. I was just gonna say you started with the the first one with the the win percentage in October. Uh, yes. three, seven, three and two. seven and two not good so no, no bueno but uh, I, I saw something somebody posted uh that last time they made the playoffs in october they had the same exact record three seven and two so maybe that's how they maybe that's how they made the playoffs so they start but that way i mean hey I'll, I'll bring it back to the injuries aren't helping but it we all knew it was going to take a while to get this system in is totally different right. system you had totally new players uh, you had half the defense was new. There's just, there's a lot. And I think the biggest problem too is, you know, you've got your, your depth guys who just can't really play that system. You're not fast enough. And when we're not having those crisp passes out of the defensive zone to get the rush going, uh, the system falls apart. So, I mean, maybe, maybe it's trust the system, but the problem is you don't have the guys to uh, play the system and perform adequately to do what the system wants the players to do and i think that's kind of where you're falling apart uh early on here but um I, I, like i said we're 12 12 games in now so there's still a little bit of time but i think it's been it's been it's been a long 12 games but you're starting to, see to lose to arizona tomorrow that's gonna sound hey they won arizona won i know you're <laughs> worried about that that's true but i still so. think a loss in arizona is it's trouble. It is trouble. Yeah. Did you see how they went against Detroit last night? Because that was not pretty at all. No. They were. <laughs> they, I think they were being outshot 16-2 to at one point. But, yeah. I mean, you got to be careful with Arizona, too, though. I, Clayton Keller is really good. Oh, uh, they fantastic. Have, they have some other young, good guys that if you give them space or give them odd man rushes, they're probably going to hurt you. And that's mm-hmm. been you know, an issue for the Sabres. So, uh, they can't, obviously, the Sabres with their record and how the season has started, I don't think they're taking anybody lightly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you really – especially coming off this long break, I think Arizona's got three of four. Um, it's it's you got to win. you got to win in Arizona tomorrow night. Yeah. So, the next spooky stat here, which might be the spookiest of them all if you want. Uh, for me, six right? shorthanded goals against, tied for first in the league with the New York Islanders, believe it or not. Uh, I think it's from that game where each team had four shorthanded goals on each side. I think that came, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Yep, I, think it was, I think it was really two, though, but – you see my two shorthanded goals, but um, yeah, that's uh, that's that's not good. That that's um, that's that puts you on pace for like forty shorthanded goals <laughs> against. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm pretty safe to say that we won't see that, but it's uh, it's not helping you. That's for sure. Uh, when you got and they come health- at the big times too, which is the worst part. It's not like they're like. Right. The game's out of control. They come at crippling times. Yeah, you down by two, you get within one, and you give up a shorty or. You're just climbing back into the game, and they've given up a shorty. And you're right; they haven't been. I mean, there's no real good time to give up a shorthanded goal, but um, the times they have have been, like you said, it's just been crippling. Uh, sticking with the Halloween team here, so um, I, I don't know how much there is to say about it. It's just literally, you know, being aware, being aware that you're on the power play, but teams now know that 
<laughs> you're giving up shorthanded chances and teams are scoring. So they're going to be looking for it more, uh, which means the Sabres just have to be more aware of their zone and not make those mistakes when you're the last guy back. Correct. So next on the list here, um, this is good when I first give you this number, then the rest of it's going to be bad. So Evander Kane, Jack Eichel, Jason Pominville, and that's your first line, have combined for 36 points on this season. Which is one of the tops in the league. Right. That's the good part. If you want to add your top pair defenseman, Ristline and Scandella, they're at 41 points. The rest of the team is below that. Combined, the rest of the team is below 42. Um, What did we say the number here was? 40. There's 41 for the rest of the team. If you add Risto and Scandella, you have 42 for the top line, 35 for the entire team besides those guys. So either it's 36 out of 42. So so let me recap here. So Kane, Eichel, Pondel have 36 points. The rest of the team has 42. If you throw Scandella and Risto in with Eichel, Pominville, and Kane, the rest of the team has 35 points. And don't – doesn't – O'Reilly have eight of those points, right? Or does he have he's eight, right? Yep. Yeah. So I mean, it's, <laughs> we start throwing O'Reilly in the mix, it gets even worse, and it's I don't know. It, it again, it comes back to secondary scoring conversation. We've we've had a couple times here. I mean, it's nice since last time we talked. Benoit Pouliot's potted some goals and some points, so that that's helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but beyond that, we haven't seen much else really. I mean, I mean, speaking of a guy who should not be on the top line though, and I and it, that's kind of what it comes to. I mean, you have your the depth is just not there. It's lacking. Um, I wonder if – I don't know. It's tough because I, I don't want to say that Batra was too worried about the Amherst and making sure they were good, that he picked up guys on, you know, one-year contracts hoping they would be good, and it just hasn't really worked out. Um, it's early still, but – I mean, I'll, I'll uh, say Pouliot has played better the last few games. I've got to give him – i got to at least admit that. He's he's played better than he yeah. was playing. I was afraid he's ended up in the press box – um, before the Boston game, he kind of when he's got that goal, I think he kind of turned him around, and he's he's played better. But should he been that? Should he be a top six forward? Absolutely no. not. No, I mean he was definitely brought in to be a, a third line winger. Um, so now that he's on your top line is, is spooky in itself. Um, and then you got to look at guys like Oposo, two points, two assists in ten games. Yep, it's just not good enough. Um, Jordan Oli, you're not going to expect much, but I mean Matt Molson has zero points. I think you said he's not, he hasn't been on the ice for a, a five-on-five goal yet this season. No, we'll get to that a little bit, but yeah, he's not up on the. He's a negative two of five-on-five, and is not. He's the only player on the team who hasn't not been on the ice for an even strength goal. It's just yeah. I mean, it's top to bottom when it comes to the depth, uh, especially the bottom six. The scoring is just not there. The production is not there, um, and it's an issue. So hopefully, though, uh, Bailey has gotten up here. Um, I really hope. I know we'll get to this in a second, but I really hope we see Bailey and Baptiste on the ice at the same time at some point uh, on this trip. But um, I really think it's kind of what it is. I, we're looking at, at the beginning of the season, before um, the season started, we're looking for guys like Bailey, Baptiste, during camp, Rodriguez. We're looking for those guys to be your bottom six and, and be able to put up some points and some production. And obviously Erod being hurt and Bailey and Baptiste being down for the beginning of the season. Um, the bottom six has just been terrible, flat out. They, they have not been good enough. The depth isn't there. And if your top line isn't scoring, you're probably not – you probably don't have a chance to win. So keep that Baptiste thing in the back of your head because we're going to get to that in a little bit. 
Um, but let's get the last spooky stat here on our list. Man games lost as of October 26th. The Sabres had 50 man games lost, which is the highest in the league. So think about it. Rodriguez, Bogosian, Bolu, Josephson, Jurgensen's missed some games. Uh, George's. Uh, I guess if you want to count Falk, even though he's coming back, he looks like he's on a play. I mean, I think I'm missing people too, but I mean, that's a postal missed a few games, but he was sick. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it, it's. That's <laughs> a lot. It's, it's a lot. And it's much a lot to your defense up. too, who you're trying to get, you know, used to each other and play together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't believe you, you haven't even seen Bogosian up to this point. I feel like he's been week to week for three months now. And who knows? Um, I mean, it, it, he's not even skating. I mean, he uh, – Ozzy said he's getting closer. He's working hard, but he's not even practicing. And then Bailey is is day-to-day apparently, but I don't know. But Goji was day-to-day at one point, so that means that Bailey's out for 20 games. <laughs> I don't know how to re- – and then I remember McCabe was week-to-week, and he played the next week. So I don't, I don't know how to read Housley's inter- interpretation of things. But yeah, I don't know if you just – yeah, I don't know if he throws things out there or the medical staff just isn't giving him good information, but um, it hasn't been pretty. It hasn't been pretty for the injuries that are happening and, and kind of the timelines that are being given, and they're just all off. Um, but, yeah, it's tough. It's tough when you're trying to, you know, learn a new system and work guys in and get chemistry, and, and I mean, 50 man games lost over 12 games is <laughs> it's incredible. It's, it's terrible. Uh, it's hard to get that chemistry. It's hard to get everything going. Uh, and get in a rhythm when guys are in and out of the lineup, up and down the roster because you're trying to fill spots. And we just, I, I, it's, it's been going on for a while too. It's not even just this year. I remember even when Ennis was hurt, it was you and I saying, I would just like to see this team at full strength. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know that we ever got did. there. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's just a, it's a reoccurring thing. I mean, it's injuries. It's not like you can really do anything about them, but um it definitely hasn't helped the situation and having the most man games lost in the league. <laughs> it's, it's a tough pill to swallow. So uh, we'll start spooky stats for you. Um, and they're all pretty spooky. <laughs> I hope you're not too terrified. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Hopefully it gets better about this conversation again, but uh, <laughs> it's definitely, it's definitely not good. Um, there's a couple ways we can go here. Uh, we can talk about November. Maybe that's a good place to go. Maybe we can wrap that up at the end, I guess. Uh, we can talk about everyone's favorite defense from Matt Tennyson, or we can touch on Baptiste being called up here. I'll let, uh, I'll let you pick what direction we go here. I'm actually going to go left turn. And just real quickly, the three games that happened prior. Um, okay. We'll talk about October a little bit. Yeah, let me just let's just wrap up October. I mean, the Detroit game was a is a solid overall game. Leonard got a shutout, so that was good to see. Yeah, um, Columbus obviously was good for a little while, and then yes. got for really bad really quick. Yeah, <laughs> three goals in like three minutes. So yeah, uh, what are you gonna do? Bobrovsky played really well. Um, and Johnson not so well. And then I mean, all three of these games were just completely different. You had Detroit where they played well and got the shutout. Columbus where they played pretty terribly. And then San Jose, a game that they should have won. They played well enough to win. And it just it got to that point in the game where it's 2-2 with five minutes left and or 10 minutes left, whatever it was. And you just knew that goal was coming because just how it goes, especially when your team's struggling. So, I mean, great job by Couture. Nothing really 
I mean, obviously there's always something you can do, but I mean, he picked the corner. It was really nice. Um, you just got to score. And, and just that goal called back to, I really don't want to get too deep into that, but yeah, I think, as you said, uh, when we were watching the game, Marty Braun um, said it really well, uh, that Reinhardt was going to play the puck. He barely touched him. And how much time do you really need? If he was able to get over in time to have it going between his body and the arm, then I don't know how you're calling goalie interference there, but I digress. Um, I guess the last thing about this quickly, if you want to touch on, is Eichel breaking his stick on the way yes, into the locker yes. room. Yep. On his uh, 21st birthday, nonetheless. Yeah, happy birthday. Huh? <laughs> so, I mean, it's good. It's it's the same thing over and over again. It's Jack Eichel showing emotion because he's sick of losing, but yet the team still keeps losing. Um, Not to mention he was on the ice last minute of the game either. Yeah, that doesn't help either. I mean, I, I get it. They had the puck in the zone, and they couldn't really change. But I mean, the guys point, were some, on the I need, ice, so, I, need, I need somebody in the be- – well, that's another – maybe those guys shouldn't have been on the ice in the first place. Tennyson, but Griffith. At, at that point, once you have control, I need somebody to yell at somebody on the ice that you can come to the bench so I can at least get Eichel on the ice. Like, Yeah. I don't know. Maybe somebody – I mean, I, I saw at one point when it came out uh, and they went back in again, it's Halsey. You can see him on the bench. He was motioning like so for somebody to come to the bench and – Kind of, I don't think anybody saw him or somebody missed a change or something, but you can see if you go back and watch when the puck came out and they went back in again real quick, you can see Howes in the bench motioning like for something to come towards him or someone to come towards him and it never happened. But uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it comes down that that's one of the things that's frustrating. You know, it's, it's the last minute of a game you should win and you don't have O'Reilly out there. You don't have Eichel or Kane or Pominville. I mean, your best players are not on the ice. You have Benoit Pouliot. Kyla Pulse hasn't scored a goal. Matt Tennyson, we're going to get into a little bit, is goodness gracious. I mean, Seth Griffith is out there for goodness sakes. You know, like, I, know. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's one of the frustrating things. And, you know, I said to you about that game is that's the kind of game that, that eats at me. Like, mm-hmm. I could take some losses, but games like that where I'm like, where they're, they're, they are the better team. And you have that goal go in. And like you said, you felt it coming. You just, you felt it. Like, it's something bad's going to happen here. Someone in San Jose is going to make a shot, and sure enough, that's what happens when you're on bad times, and it's it, it's really frustrating. I think that was I think that's the game of all the games so far that, believe it or not, I, I've been the most frustrated after because when you're playing, when your team has been struggling so much, when you play well and still not win, uh, one that's not a good sign, and two, it's aggravating because you feel like you should have won that game. So I, don't know, I can I can understand Michael's frustration there. Yeah, I mean, it just keeps piling up. When you had a bad month and you end it that way, it's it's tough. It's tough on everybody in the room, and it's tough for you know the fans in the building. So, I mean, it it sucks. But like I said, at least with the Detroit game, obviously the second half of Columbus wasn't good, but the San Jose game too, I thought they were the better team probably for the entire game. Um, so I think we're starting to see it. It just It's really going to be important here. Now we've had four, to get, four days off. Um, you got to show it. You got to keep coming back and and keep playing that game, and I, I, eventually the wins will start coming. So let's start to make our steps towards November here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm gonna make a decision here because there's really not a lot to talk about here. It's kind of it's just happening. Uh, so let's kind of get the Baptiste news out of the way. Uh, he was recalled today. He's gonna join the team on the trip to Arizona and Dallas this week. Uh, Housley said the way it sounds, or well, the way he said, the way I'm interpreting it too is basically Baptiste is just here in case uh, Bailey can't play. 
Uh, he has a lower body injuries day to day, which means he's out like three months. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he said he, gets, he said Bailey gets he'll play Thursday, so we'll see if that actually happens or not. But um, I don't know. Like I put on Twitter today, maybe maybe the hope here is Bailey doesn't play, Baptiste does play, he scores a goal, and then Bailey comes back, and you got to keep them both now. Like maybe that's, that's right. kind of like the best hope here. You got to hope for because if Bailey just plays, it's like Baptiste is going back down after the road trip, which is crazy to me. If you're going to call a guy up, play him. You know, what's the worst that can happen? It's not like – Why don't you just send Seth Griffith down? Like, <laughs> you know? You don't, yeah, I mean, you don't even have to do that. There's been – it's not like everybody's playing great. There's been enough guys. I mean, take your pick, spin the wheel. Uh, well, I mean, you got to send somebody down for the roster purposes. You can't go over, but – Gotcha, gotcha. But, yeah, I mean, it's – there's just been enough that <laughs> – it's tough. It's tough to – because Bailey – or Baptiste is starting to play well yeah, in the mm-hmm. A. And I think yep. if, if you can really get him going here in the NHL, I mean, this is a, this is it. You're, the speed coming up, you need – the bottom six has just been so bad. I don't know how you're not trying to make some changes. And it's got to happen eventually, and I kind of want to get to that at the end here. But um, there's got to be some kind of shakeup. And if it's not to the bottom six and you're just going to keep moving guys like Oposo and Brian Hart down to the fourth line, I don't think you're doing yourself any service, and it's not really going to help anything. Uh, long-term right so we'll uh we'll see like you said baptiste you know he had that game against uh laval where he scored two goals in the final minutes to tie the game and then i think it was chris Kulo uh won it in overtime uh so he has you know he has five points in eight games uh, that's pretty impressive i mean the whole thing about it is the speed you know that the team lacks that speed that he could provide at the bottom of the roster and you know we talked about it before it's that, that's why i always thought he was he was a fit in that bottom six. I mean, it, it, it really, I just, I just feel like, like I get, maybe Bottero wants to have the thing in Rochester still where he wants the guys to produce and develop and be a good team in Rochester, blah, blah, blah. But like the frustrating part about it is I, I don't at what cost, like, are we right. just, you know, I, I want to win hockey games <laughs> here yep. at some point. I don't, I don't want to keep rolling out Matt Molson and Seth Griffith. And, you know, I don't think you Larson's played that well. And I don't know, what am I going to get out of Jordan Nolan here? Although I will say, Nolan played pretty well that one game when he was with Bailey and Reiner, right? He, he played all right that game, but still, I mean, there was opportunity to score goals. I mean, he's whiffing he's or hitting whiffing the post and, from and two inches yeah, away. Yeah, Dowell is just knocking it out of here saying, get out of here with a stick. Like, you know, I mean, I feel like if that's Bailey, that's in the net or really, I don't know. Maybe anyone who's had Molson, Molson would have hit the post shot over the net, but <laughs> I, I mean, I think anybody else could have buried that. And it's, Stuff like that is frustrating, and it costs you games, you know. Because if he scores a goal there, maybe it's different. And I don't know. It, it just at what cost are we continuing to let these same guys run out there when we have guys in Rochester who are obviously better players and can bring more? I mean, maybe there's going to be some struggles here or there, but you know, that comes with developing and growing your team. So I don't know. Again, I'm not saying enough. I understand what Bottle's trying to do in Rochester and what he wants to establish. I get that but it's how much longer do we let it go here? You know, that's the whole thing. Yeah. And I think it's just, I think it's tough to implement that coming into a team because it's just, if you've had those guys like Bailey and Baptiste who've, who've been down there long enough. Um, and, I, and I understand, you know, what he said that, um, you know, it couldn't hurt and that he doesn't plan on them being down there all year, but, and Bailey did come up pretty quickly, but like you said, it's just, at what cost are you going to keep rolling these same guys out that aren't producing and they're struggling? And Housley just doesn't even know what to do at this point that he's 
disciplining guys to the point where you're putting guys who really don't even deserve it on the top line. Because um, right, if you try to if you try to bench a postal, who's going to come and take a spot in the top line? Seth Griffith? I mean, Jordan Nolan? I mean, you can't really even punish guys, you know? You can't right. even give guys opportunities because they're like, okay, what are they going to do? You're going to put Matt Molson up here? Exactly. And it's, it's not – it's like you say, it's not like you have these Baptistes and Rodriguez's or even Fashing on the bottom six uh, to even be threatening those top guys because, <laughs> let's be honest, Jordan Nolan isn't threatening anybody, uh, especially right. for a top six spot. So it's just how – long, how long does it go, I guess, is the question. Uh, I think you got to start to get healthy here. Um, the four-day break should help uh, get get guys back on the right track, and it's going to be an interesting beginning in November because if things keep going uh, poorly, then something's got to change. I mean, I, I think I'm going to I'm going to go to kind of the Reinhardt subject here. I want to maybe say for later, but I think it kind of ties into this. It's it's really it's I feel like some of it, even with, I mean, with Bailey with Baptiste, it's and then with Reinhardt. I feel like you're making this harder than it really has to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I get it. You want Reinhardt to be a center. He He's played better at center, and you have some injuries to, to Joseph saying Gergensen's watched her, but Gergensen's back. It, you know, it's – I don't know. Like, I I feel like everybody in this team has played with Eichel except Reinhardt. Like, why can't we just put Reinhardt back with Eichel? We know it works. It's a proven tracker of working. They have a good chemistry. Just – Stop making this so hard. Just put him back there. Just put him back there. And you can even keep Pominville there or Kane there. We've seen Kane, Eichel, Reinhardt work. Put him there with Pominville and Reinhardt and Eichel in the middle. And then you can drop Kane down. And maybe then you can drop a postal into a third-line role, which maybe at this point in his career or how he's playing right now might fit him better than to be on a top six. I mean, take some of the pressure off of him. Like, you know, I mean, it's 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 things like that that just it, – it makes it so – so frustrating and hard. Like you, <laughs> I think they're working hard. They need to do like you have a track record of things working and they're like, well, we're the new staff. We want to do things differently and try different things out. Like, okay, yeah. you did, but it didn't work. So can we just go back to what worked? Right. Like the power play, for example, that yeah. too, like he tried to mix things out. He put Eichel with on a different unit and, and that was ridiculous and it didn't work. And he's like, you know what? Let's just put the guys back out there who did really good last year. And they were good. They scored a goal. Yeah. Like and, uh, the they, they had one taken away. They had one taken away, then they scored another one later. Like, you know, just, it's that, just stopping too cute. Yeah, the, I mean, the puck movement was night and day uh, right. when those guys were out there. And even the, even the movement of the players is night and day. There was, there was a cycle. There was a flow. Guys were moving. You had lanes opening, going cross ice, making the defenders move. Where on the other units, other power plays, and the games before that, it was just everything was to the outside. Everything was to the outside. And there was really nobody in front of the net. There was no pressure on the defense, and, and that's that's how you get started goals. Some people can be aggressive because they're not moving or chasing the puck. They're waiting. They're anticipating, and they can tip a puck past the defenseman and go. And it's it's oh, oh, I'm getting angry. I'm talking about it now. It's all coming back to me from last week. The loss, but it's <laughs> it's just stuff like that, man. Like it's just, it just stopped being cute, you know. Like I I'm, like again, but Scandella is another thing too. Like I understand you had to work Scandella in because he didn't play the whole preseason, but He's been He's, really look, good. Look how, he, look how he is with wrist lining now. Why can't you just start him there? Just put him there. He'll be fine. Maybe they struggle for a game or two, not six. And then you put him there, and then, oh, look at this. It works. Like, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's just it's stuff like – it's like the Antipan thing. Like, come on. Like, just leave him out there. Let him struggle through it and get used to playing the game. And maybe him and McCabe will be fine together. It's just 
uh, I don't know. You can go under some, I'm getting aggravated as I'm talking. <laughs> no, I mean, it's all real good. It's, uh, it's all true. I, I think the only thing would be to the Kane Oposo third line part is again, you just don't have the guys to bring up then you have O'Reilly and then who, if you have Pominville, I go Reinhardt on line two. You got. Well, then I'm saying you can put Kane with O'Reilly and Bailey. I don't know, or or I, I don't know. It, it get, it's tough. Get Pouliot out of there. Put Pouliot back in the third line and put and go Kane, O'Reilly, Oposo. And I don't know. Or for heaven's sakes, put Pominville back there and do the Kane, Eichel, Reinhardt thing. Like you, you can make it work somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think <laughs> the idea of making three good lines instead of two really good lines and then your bottom six stinking. Your bottom six stinks anyways. So, right. so you might as well just stack the top two lines, hope they score because they're the only ones scoring anyways, uh, and then if you get something from the bottom lines, then it's a gift. But at, at this point, if, if you're not basically bringing everybody up. Um, Wait, you, but even at the third line, does a Pouliot, Gergensen's Baptiste line not – have the potential of scoring than Jurgensen's Reinhardt and Seth Griffith? Like this, I mean, you know? Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, totally. And then if you start getting healthy, if Erod stays, I'm sure you'd go right. down for a spell. Right. But, and then uh, we can get Molson out of here. And then we can get Nolan out of here. And we have more team speed and like and threats. Now you're and, yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, I don't yeah. know. It's, Ended on a good note. It, exactly. exactly. <laughs> it did. It did. It did. We, um, I got you there. Maybe players will come back and it'll be what it is. Um, so we ended on a good note, but we're going to go back to a bad note because we're going to talk about Matt Tennyson now. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone's favorite defenseman. Um, Housley yesterday. <laughs> I, can't even, I can't even basically say what he said. Uh, <laughs> said he's liked the way that Tennyson's played, uh, that he's earned the minutes over other guys. He said just how it is without injuries, which is what I've said to people is, why is he playing so much? Well, who else is going to play that much? I mean, really. You want to have Zach Redman playing those minutes? I mean, come on. But maybe Please it's know. not. Maybe it's not eighteen. I mean, what is it? He's at eighteen ten. Is his average time on ice? He had twenty I mean, one. That's more. That's more than Kyle Oposo. That's more than Pomodoro. That's more than Reinhardt. He's just below Bully at eighteen thirty one, and McKee at eighteen forty. He's played the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He has received the eighth most ice time on this team. Matt Tennyson, people. Matt Tennyson. Now, I'll, I'll say this about Tennyson. He's not Josh George's, okay? I'm in, in, in this way. And I'm not saying he's like a better defenseman, but in this way. He can skate and he can move. He can fit in housing system in that way. Uh, he can jump up offensively. He has a booming shot that he's never taken one time when wearing a Sabres jersey. But he has it. He, <laughs> he does have it. But it's just – it's the mental lapses. He's, he, he struggles. and I mean, again, maybe that's what we're going to get out of a seventh and eighth defenseman. Uh, but like, he shouldn't be playing 18 minutes, though. And right. it, it's in your own zone. It, it's missing covering your guy. It's just – it's watching the puck and not watching your guy supposed to be covering it. I mean, I can't think of how many times I've watched tennis and stare at the puck was well, a guy wide open behind him, and the guy behind the net passed to the guy in front. It's happened. And Tennyson's yeah. like, oh, like, you, <laughs> just, just turn around and cover your man. Like, don't always watch the puck. You have to watch the players around you. And, I mean, he's, he's the worst even-strength guy on the team. 
uh, with 13 goals against. He's a minus six. Uh, so he has seven. He's on the ice for seven even strength goals. He's been on the ice for 13 even strength goals against. So that's the worst on the team. And yeah, my head coach, who's supposed to be a defensive guru, is telling me that he's played pretty good. He's like the way he's played, and he deserves those minutes. Like, I don't know. Like, it, it's, it's, it's Housley, like, <laughs> we're 12 games in, man. Don't, don't make me get to this point with you, basically. It's kind of where I'm going with this. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. It's, <clears throat> it's frustrating when you see everybody kind of sees the same thing uh, and the coach is saying something completely opposite, not even just that. Like to your point that you just don't have the guys right now, but to go further on a limb and say that he's playing well is a little outrageous. Um, I think for me too, it's just, I just don't, I still don't understand the Antipin thing. I don't know why right. he's not playing more minutes. Um, or at least spread him between the two of them. Let one play, it. let him yeah. play both play 14 minutes or something, you know, like work that out or both play 13. And what and Fadoon? Like what happened with Fadoon? I I think yeah. he's a better defenseman than uh, Tennyson. I I think if he's playing, you know, thirteen, fourteen minutes a night, he's not really going to hurt you. He can give you that offensive upside. He showed for a lot of last season that he can play in the NHL. Is that I mean, if you want it, ten forty three is the average ice time in two games. So I guess that tells you what Halsey thinks about him. Right. Right. Um, I mean, yes, he was sent down, but I think it was more just for the the break so they could play yeah. some games. Yeah. He's back. Uh, yeah, so I, it's the the whole defensive thing is, is frustrating. I, I guess we bid and gra- or grin and bear it until guys get healthy. I mean, I wonder kind of what will happen if, if somebody comes back, even if it's like a George's or, um, God forbid, if we ever see Bogosian at some point this season. Because <laughs> um, I really think that it, it, it'll sound weird, but I really think Bogosian coming back and playing could give this defense some – solidarity some you know structure that it needs in the respects of you know a top four that's actually a top four in the nhl yep. but it just got wrecked again in this game um <laughs> <laughs> watching blackhawks flyers as we're talking here but uh yeah I, it's just like you said i think the the head scratcher is that he's supposed to come in and, and fix this defense and the d is supposed to be a complete 180 and no, he doesn't have the – obviously, he doesn't have the defenseman he did when he was in Nashville. But um, when he's playing the guy 21 minutes in a, in a game that everybody thinks should be playing five minutes, you start to wonder. And, I again, it's, it's 12 games. There's been a lot of injuries. We'll kind of see what's going on as we progress here in these next, you know, two, three games. But uh, if guys start getting healthy and he's still playing – even 15, 16 minutes a night, then we're going to have a big issue pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's, you know, like, I'd be at the point on Tennyson where it, it – I'm trying to read this properly so it doesn't come out like I'm defending him. Like, I, I kind of am, I'm kind of not. Like, except before, like, he – everyone's like, well, how, how does he fit in the housing system? Well, he does. He he, he can skate. You know, he, he fits that part of it. It's – He's not. He's not an every night NHL defenseman who plays holds twenty minutes. That's not what he's not. If 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 there's injuries and he plays a Taylor for Dune, ten minutes and forty three seconds or nine minutes a game, I think you're gonna be fine with. I think you're gonna be fine with Tennyson because right. he's not on the ice for another ten minutes to kill you. Like, I, yeah, he, his minutes are contained. But playing him this much, it's just it's. It's the same thing with George's last year. It was if he's playing eight to twelve minutes a night. You're probably going to be fine. 
because uh, he's not going to do too many crazy things. But once you start getting up into that 15, 16, 18-minute <laughs> range, you're going to notice him. And he's going to be making those mistakes. He's exposed to a lot more. Um, and like you said, they're, they're different players. They're different defensemen. But the premise is the same when it comes to these two guys that they're uh, they're seven, eight guys, especially at this point in their career. Well, at least in Georgia's career. And it's just what Tennyson is. Um, so the fact that they're playing these crazy minutes – like you said, you know there's injuries, but you got to figure something out. You got to – I mean, Bristol Lions playing 30 <laughs> some yeah. nights. So 27, 23 is his average. So, yeah, so how how can you not split it up for the rest of the five guys on there? I mean, if Scandell is playing as good as he is playing, he could play 20, 20-plus. 20 now you're not – you figure it out. It's not that hard to figure out, you know, splitting the time between the rest of the four guys that are on the ice. I think this thing with Tennyson, too, is that's driving up his minutes is he's playing the power play in the penalty kill, which is it's, it's, yeah, it's the insane. Right. Again, like I, guess, I, I get he has that shot, but he never uses it. And he, like, I think he doesn't distribute the puck very well on the power play. It's just. And how you don't have more forwards. Right. On, on just, power play is crazy. Just put, like, put wrist lining on one and put in Tepin on the other. Mm-hmm. Have Pominville play the point on one of the power plays. He's done that before. He's reliable. He can do that. And then let Jack play the point on the other one, and then you're fine. You're fine. Like, they did it all of last year. I understand they gave them the shorthanded goals, but relax, dude. Like, calm down. Just, Probably again, so. this gets the point. It's not that hard. Like, just right. overthinking. <laughs> yes. It's, yes. It's, it's, it's coaches, you know, getting to a spot, and they feel like they need to be doing not the obvious. Uh, and they overthink and you, you know, you got so many, you got a four day break here. You're sitting there probably thinking about all the things you can change in these next, you know, four days. And you probably won't see it the first night, but if, like you said, if they lose to Arizona, look out. Cause I'm sure there'll be some crazy changes made. Um, yeah. And it's just overthinking. It's, it's the team's off to a bad start. It's a new system, new coach, new players. You got to give it a little bit of time here. Uh, and not just overreact to everything that's going wrong. So let's get into our November preview here. We kind of touched on a lot of the topics we were going to plan on touching on. So let's let's head into November here. So I'm going to rattle some numbers off at you. I did a thing for Die by the Blade uh, with some November numbers here. So they played 13 games in November. Uh, so I'm right in here. Okay, so six of those are on the road. Seven of those are at home. They have three sets of back-to-back, uh, four games against the West, and then nine games against the East. Of those nine games against the Eastern Conference, five of those nine games are against division opponents. Uh, they start the month heading out West, like I said, with Arizona and Dallas. Uh, they have two games against Montreal, both in Montreal. But here's the thing I want you to, look, I want you to kind of listen to. The November opponents have a record. Uh, this was as entering play last night, so it could have changed now. But entering play last night, 62, 64, and 12 is their record with a 4-4-9 winning percentage. Only four teams currently on the schedule have winning records, Tampa Bay, Columbus, Dallas, and Pittsburgh. They faced the 31st, 30th, 27th, 26th, 25th, 24th, and 22nd ranked teams. And those are Arizona, Edmonton, Montreal, Florida, Carolina, Minnesota, and Detroit. And two more, two more numbers here for you. Uh, three of the t- three of the opponents are in the bottom ten in goals four. 
and six are in the bottom 10 for goals against, meaning they have allowed the most goals in the league. So you look at those numbers, November kind of shapes up to not be a terrible month. I mean, again, some of those records maybe can be a little bit disputing because, uh, you know, it's so early. I don't know, is Edmonton really the 30th ranked team in the league? Probably not. But Washington, so last, 500. Right. Maybe not. Uh, right. And nonetheless, though, like, I don't know, maybe you're getting Edmonton at a good time when they're down. Maybe this is the time to get them now. And, and yeah. you're going to get Edmonton in your building, too. I mean, not in Edmonton, so that could be a help, too. Honestly, looking at November, I think your weekend games are the most important. You got Florida, Montreal, Detroit, Carolina, Edmonton, Montreal. <laughs> I, I say you got to win four or five of those six, or at least get points in five of the six. Um, the, the weekends in November are, are huge for mm-hmm. if you're going to have a bounce back, you know, month here and try and turn things around for this season. Uh, at least looking at it quickly, these are the games that I would be keying on that. These back-to-backs on the weekends, you really need to, to kind of bear down here because you got a plenty of time in between your back-to-backs to, to rest up and, and get ready to go for those. Um, yeah, I mean, those are the part. Like you said, you got four of those six games are division opponents. Uh, one of them's even in the Eastern Conference, so five out of six are in the Eastern Conference, Edmonton being the only other one. And uh, it's not hard to get up to get go against Edmonton, obviously. So. In your building, I think all six of those are winnable games. Um, they played Montreal well the first time. They probably should have won. So got to do it twice here in November. You do have some tough games, like you said. Uh, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, Washington jump off the you know the screen here. But Dallas uh, is playing well. Yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh, Dallas, you know, we know what you're going to get. I mean, Pittsburgh losing 10-1, to 7-1, but they're 7-5. and five, So, I mean. Dallas, you just got to stay out of the box. The best power play in the league. Um, If you stay out of the box, I think you'll be okay against Dallas. Arizona, like you said, you got to win. Tampa Bay's hold on for your life. (laughs) (laughs) Top that up as a loss. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they they usually do play well against Tampa for whatever reason, but uh, Tampa Bay does just look like a buzzsaw this year. Um, I mean, Stamkos has what? Over 20 points in 12 games already? Yeah, I thought he had like 50 assists, second. something like that, didn't he? He had like two it's goals and 50, 50 assists so far. <laughs> Kucherov yeah, so. has 45 goals. <laughs> Probably how it'll end. That's, well, he'll definitely have more than 50 assists. But Yeah. It's it's crazy. Tampa, but again, it's at the end of the month. So if you have a good first three weeks here, um, you end the month against Tampa Bay in your house. So I think you could have a good month before you even get to that game. So, I mean, you ended you ended October three three and one. You started oh four and one, but you ended the month at five hundred basically. I mean, it, it would have been nice if you would have if you would have got that if you would have got that win against uh, San Jose. You're, you're four you're four two and one to end of the month. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, like I said, it's it's coming. You just gotta they gotta do enough here in these next couple weeks. Uh, before they hit their stride, hopefully that they hit their stride because uh, you can't keep it too far behind too early. But I don't think it's that hard to turn things around here, and especially if they start to get healthy. If we do see Vigozhin, if he does start to, you know, solidify that defense, uh, maybe you, like you said, maybe we see Baptiste in one of these games and you just can't send him back down. Now you got Bailey and Baptiste up here. Uh, if Erod gets healthy too, 
you might be looking at a totally different team. And if they start to, you know, work the system and start to use their speed and other guys start to score besides just the top three guys, uh, O'Reilly needs to keep up the pace that he's been the last couple of games. I think you can have a good month here. It sets yourself up to have a good month here. But, I mean, the mental lapses got to go. They have to go, and you got to be good in your own end, and these breakout passes need to be on sticks, not skates, because um, that's where it starts. So if you can start to do that, I think your goalies, I think Leonard at least, uh, will play good enough that you can stay in a game and, and win. Um, but like you said, you, you can't really expect him to steal any for you. So, so um, I know on Leonard, it's he really hasn't played that bad. I mean, he's he's had his goals here and there where you kind of eye roll maybe. Uh, he had the shutout against Detroit. His numbers are coming back to earth to look better. Uh, yeah, he's actually back up to a nine eleven. Right. Which isn't bad. And for me, though, I don't know. I kind of put it on Twitter, too. Besides one game, the Anaheim game, I really don't think Chad Johnson's been that good. Honestly, I think he's been pretty bad outside of that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he got lit up against Columbus. I mean, a few of those goals, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of want you to save. I kind of go back to the Vegas game, too. It's, yeah, I don't nice. know. Some of those guys hit some nice shots. But I don't know. Can you glove one of those goals, you know? like in, I don't know. I just think it's not giving me a save when I kind of need it to kind of bail the team out. So, I don't know. Unlike when he was here the first time. Right, exactly, exactly. When we didn't want him to be making saves. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's the frustrating part. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, anything else you want to touch on here before we, we check out? Yeah, I mean, it might be a little bit early, but uh, I think the last thing I would say is if things keep going the way they're going, obviously there isn't going to be any kind of, like, office shakeup. But could you see some kind of shakeup like a trade, maybe like a big trade. It's, say they go, you know, three seven and whatever again in in November, uh, and you're still sitting at the bottom of the league and you're getting no depth scoring. You think they just actually start bringing up everybody from Rochester, or maybe do we see a guy get moved, like a a Kane or a Reinhardt, or I don't know, take your pick. Yeah, I wasn't saying Kane or Reinhardt uh, would be the guys I would think of. Um... Maybe they can bring guys up. But once Bailey and Baptiste are up here, I mean, we haven't seen Alex Nylander's in lost in the same spot that Bogosian is. Yep. So, you're not going to get that. So, I don't know. If Bailey and Baptiste are here, there's really nobody else to call up. I was going to call a ghoulie, which they could do. That'd be uh, interesting. But I, I think the move would be a trade. It would either probably be – I would say it would be Kane would be the guy. Uh, if you get to early mid-December and you're still struggling and – you know what team calls and yeah uh, I could I could say that being for Kane in the early mid-December time if they're struggling still yeah I could it, it's, it would definitely be tough because obviously he's one of your three best guys and one of the three only that are producing right now and moving a guy out like that I don't expect you're going to get anything real crazy back um I could see the deadline being a, a sell again where Batra's looking to just pick up pieces so that he can shape this team in the direction that he wants to shape. Uh, right. I, I, like I said, it's, it's probably a little early, but I, I think hopefully we get to see Baptiste uh, at least once in the next two games. Uh, if Erod ever gets healthy, I think I agree with you on Nylander. I don't think you're going to see him this year, um, at least in Buffalo. Yep. Unless it's at the end of the season. Right. But uh, I wouldn't expect him anytime soon. And, and the fact that they're calling up, all these other defensemen besides Gooley, I don't know. 
necessarily that you'll see him really anytime soon either. Uh, if they're willing to call up Tennyson, Fadoon, Falk, and Redmond yeah. before yeah. they even give Gooley a look, um, it looks like they're going to want him to just stay down and get as many minutes in as many situations as he can in Rochester. Right, which might not be a bad idea, but like you said, he's a guy you might not see until the last month or two of the season, you know? Right. And again, though, it's it, it comes back to that at what cost. Um, yep. You, you obviously had the injuries you were, we were looking for uh, to get him up here and get him a look in, in some NHL games. But if, if they're not willing to do it right now, especially with the team struggling, I don't know that you see him anytime, especially <laughs> in the next month or so. Yeah. I mean, not when Matt Tennyson's playing so well, right? <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Maybe we end it here. That's a good spot to end it. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's where Sabres Twitter has been, at least for the last week. So <laughs> uh, That's good. So we'll wrap it up here. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at BTB Hockey. Interact with us there. Or, you know, Bill or I on a personal account, so you can interact with us there as well. Uh, subscribe, rate, share, iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, Hockey Writers Podcast channel the Grandstand Sports Network. Also, make sure you check out Die by the Blade. Uh, you can find our podcast there as well as other great Sabres content as well. So, uh, a couple games this week. Uh, Arizona-Dallas and then Washington-Florida-Montreal. Um, I'm sure we'll kind of get back in here in the next in the next week and talk about some hockey. Hopefully, it'll be good conversation, not so much negative and bad conversation like today. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's all we got for you this week. Thank you very much for listening. And for Chad and Bill, we are out of here. We will talk to you later. See you. Enjoy that Christmas music. the same.